Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask T-Frag. This is where we take your questions about Penn State football, about recruiting, or about life in general. All you got to do, make sure you download our app, Keystone Sports, from the App Store. You'll see the Ask T-Frank button. At the end of the segment, we'll pick out a best question. And this week's winner gets, absolutely, it's a great book. It's called Why Penn State by Greg Woodman. It's one of those, you start reading it, you, you just cannot put it down. So, are you ready for your questions, T. Frank? Fire away. Let's do this. All right, let's start with Marty in Coatesville who says, as a fan sitting at home watching the blue-white game, it's easier to see the skill position players who stand out. I'd like to know who impressed you along the line of scrimmage. Uh, well, I'm actually going to start in a place that I didn't think I was going to, but uh, impressed me was Caden Wallace. So I, I was I was thinking about doing a segment on my show of James Franklin quotes that make sense now after watching the blue-white game. And one of the things he said was, we, we think that uh, Caden could play uh, left tackle if needed and right tackle. And after watching him last season, I'm like, ah, uh, what? And then I watched him move, and it's night and day. So I don't know that he is getting to a different spot in his drops, but he's getting there easier. He could get to those places, but he was straining. He was off balance. He was not playing, you know, fundamentally sound football. He spent. A, uh, he clearly put in the time this offseason to reshape his body, to get quicker, and to play with more athleticism on the edge. So I think that's a huge win for Penn State, uh, and he looked good. Olufashanu looked really good, uh, but they, you know, the offensive line in general did not perform up to that level, but I did see exactly what I expected from them, which is higher highs and some mental mistakes because they're young football players for the most part. Um, also, they don't have all of their starters and they were playing in weird positions too. And then on the non-skill position on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Hakeem Beeman was an absolute wrecking ball. And I, I think we talked about this earlier, but he was very impressive. I, I was not expecting him to be so violent and strong. He was always quick. He was always aggressive, but he was dominant. And he is imagining what uh, Zane Durant is going to be. I think Hakeem Beeman can be that. So we're talking the same Kevin Gibbons conversation of the ability to be that good. And he's a little bit longer. He's got more arm length. He's got uh, the same sort of explosive movement skills to win. And we'll see how he holds up against double teams and things like that. So early returns on Hakeem Beeman and where he is after his year long of not playing football for whatever reason. Very good. How was Zane Durant? He did not play a lot. But when he did, he was wrecking people's day in a lot of different ways. Uh, at one point, they had both him and Beeman on the field. And I was a little surprised by that. But it worked. <laughs> it worked really well on the play where one of them knifes into the to the A gap to be the nose tackle. And uh, it was Zane Durant who then messed up the blocking of the play, pushes the guard or the center, I don't remember who it was, into the backfield, causes confusion, and then everyone rallies and tackles. So it was a very good combination. Durant made some plays that were not on the stat sheet, but he 
he was what we thought he was going to be. It's nice to hear that last segment we were talking about how many players from the defense are now headed to the NFL. You need to replace those people. So to hear two new names there in Beeman and Zane Durant stepping up, that that's really nice to hear. All right, let's go to Joseph in Scranton. You know, it's been a while. Joseph used to be a regular sending questions. It's been a while. Nice to hear from you again, Joseph. Uh, let's see. Joseph says, I'm assuming if a player has a normal bruise, he would still practice. So what does it mean when James Franklin says he can't play because he has some bumps and bruises? Joseph, you know the answer to this. <laughs> this is this this is parenting 101, isn't it? Like, I'm not a parent, but this seems like we're not going to say the thing uh, that, that we don't want to say in public because we just don't want to say it. So you're going to say bumps and bruises to indicate that it is not serious and long-term, but it's enough to keep them from playing football. Now, is there some subcontext of should they play through it and should they be able to? I think, yeah, there is some of that, but it's the spring, so don't push it. Why would you? Um, some of the players, maybe they should have, maybe they shouldn't have. I don't know. That's the conversation that we want to have that we're not going to have because James Franklin said bumps and bruises. And there's also more context to this. If it's a veteran player who we know what he's got, we know yeah. who he is, and we want to see the younger players anyway, you know what, we'll use that little bump and bruise as an excuse to just, we'll sit the veteran player yeah. and we'll take take a look at the younger one. Now, it's completely different it's, if it's a younger player who's looking for playing time. I'm assuming they don't want to miss time. I'm using that as my segue, T. Frank, to the next question, which is Brad in Percocet, who says, T. Frank, I know you are a fan of Keziah Holmes. So am I. I was disappointed he wasn't used in the bowl game. Now I'm more disappointed that we didn't see him in the blue and white game. Have you seen or heard anything about him this spring? Is he just banged up? Please give me some good news. Bumps and bruises. I would assume, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because we saw him during spring. So th what we get to see during practice is we get to see them going through positional drills. And for the most part that gives you an idea of what the depth chart might look like. And and I don't think that they try to hide it necessarily, but it's not full context. So kind of, please understand that. The guys that went through the line in order in all of the drills were Kevon Lee, Keziah Holmes, Nick Singleton, uh, and then it was Catron Allen, Devin Ford. That was typically the way it went through. And then the last week or so, there was no uh, Keziah Holmes, and Devin Ford was there in that spot. Um, or there was some combination there of afterwards. So that just leads me to believe that something happened. He got injured and was not able to play in the in the game. He was, I believe, he was on the field. I, I don't think he was completely absent, but I was not doing that reporting for us, uh, so I don't have that concrete information. But um, I don't know that everyone's expecting him to transfer. I guess is what I'm driving at. And I just don't know that that's the case. I don't know that's not the case. I think that's unfair to just say that's going to happen. The numbers there indicate one thing, but we don't know what the rep count was like or what the conversation with James Franklin is at this point in the debrief of the off season. So, you know, by the time this airs, maybe somebody's name is in the transfer portal. Cole, uh, Cole Brevard's already put his name in on Monday. So I, I don't know. I just don't know. All I know is that those young players are pushing the the leaders in the room, 
and that's causing more conversations that lead to these sort of speculative conversations. But when it comes to those things, I I wanted to know. I wanted to know just like you, Brad, and we were all denied that on Saturday. My point about being, you know, if they're the veteran, if you're Jair Brown and you don't play in the blue-white game, who cares? You know he's going to be starting. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. If you're Keziah Holmes, though, I would think it's really important for him to get reps and try to show what he can do because yeah. there's so much competition there. Yeah. Uh, and and it is logical to think. We we saw enough of the two freshmen to think that they're players. They can play. Yeah. And you now have five guys in that room, so it, it's logical to at least speculate. Uh, let's go to Jimmy in Forest City who says, T. Frank, Last year, Penn State lost six games by an average of four points. Their kickers missed eight field goals, while opponents only missed three. Kicking is an important component. Jake Pinnegar has been inconsistent. Do you think Sanders Sahadak could win the starting job? By the way, do you review kickers film? And if so, how was Sanders? Uh, yeah. So, no, I, I don't. Here's the thing. I I don't want to say anything stupid about kickers. And I don't have any training in, in kicker analysis. So, no, I don't necessarily review kicker film. Because I don't just, I'm, I'm kind of like you. When, when, when I watch the kicker kick, he either makes it or he doesn't. It looks the same to me every single time. And it, to me, it's like, it's about the laces. Where are the laces on the football? That's not his decision. So, um, Jake Pinnaker didn't play last season. He was inconsistent the season before, but what is he now? Um, so I think it's going to be a battle and, and we're going to find out next fall during the first game who the kicker is. And that competition is going to go from now until then. I don't think that there is a leader right now, which should say something about Jake Pinnaker and the talent that Sanders Sahedek has. But when, if you want analysis, I, I apologize. I am like you. I don't have any clue and I talked to Stacy Collins about this of like it seems like there's a science when it comes to kicking and he's like yes there very much is and um when I talked to Jordan Stout he's like it's more like golf and I have no time for golf that's just how I feel well here I will give my layperson analysis of the kickers I do believe that Jimmy is accurate Pinnegar has been inconsistent. What we saw in that competition at the blue-white game, I thought Sahedek handled himself very well. He looked very confident. It looked like he was booting him through with no problem. It looked like he had range in making that you know, 40-some yarder. looked like he had a lot of distance to spare on it. So the good news is it's not a case where they have one kicker and, well, if he doesn't do well, we're stuck with that. Yeah. They, they have options. Uh, real quick, let's get one more in. Jason from Pittsburgh says, is there much difference team to team in verbiage used on defense? If so, will it be more Manny Diaz adjusting to Penn State's terminology or will Penn State change to Manny Diaz's verbiage? There, so there's always overlap. But, um, no, I, I would say that most systems are unique uh, in, in their coded language of how they're going to convey information between players on defense so that the offense doesn't know what's going on. 
ultimately, there's only so many places you can cut the pie. Like you're when coverage and, and run defense, there's only so many things that you can do. So ultimately, all things are a little bit homogenous in football, but how you get there is very different. And my open question was, what sort of Manny Diaz defense is coming to Penn State? Is it going to look more like Brent Prize, or is it going to be whatever he thinks is best? And it is full-on Manny Diaz defense. And that's one thing James Franklin talked about, is getting used to the philosophical differences, the communication differences, and some of the technical differences that he wants versus Brent Price. So it is a whole new defense for them to learn. We need a winner. Let's go to, was it Mary or Marty in Coatesville? For the non-skill players. It was Marty and Coach Marty. Didn't mean to make you uh, a a woman there, Marty. My bad. I I wrote it down poorly, so I I couldn't read my own writing. All right, Marty. We'll be getting in touch with you. Stick around now. In quarter number four, we're going to talk some recruiting. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Ted Brown. I'm a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees, and I'm up for re-election along with Barb Duran and Bill Olsey. And one of our goals is, again, to freeze or even reduce tuition. And the way to do that is cut costs and get more students at the Commonwealth campuses, which would generate as much as $180 million. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Olsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel here to tell you about the great trip we're offering this fall for the Penn State Auburn game. In addition to charter flight and staying at the team hotel, we're also partnering with Keystone Sports Network. You'll have a chance to join Jim and Dustin as they record their show on site and even get the chance to ask your questions and be a part of the show. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. <laughs> 